Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. As always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com and join us this week as we talk about the opening weekend for Hustlers as well as The Goldfinch. All right, so breaking down this weekend's top five, we've got It Chapter 2 at the number one spot once again with 40.73 million, followed by Hustlers with 33.2 million, uh, opening up in the number two spot. And then Angel Has Fallen is in number three with 4.4 million, Good Boys in number the number four spot with 4.26 million, and The Lion King once again rounds out the top five with 3.55 million. So It Chapter 2. Um, I actually didn't have that bad of a drop for a horror movie. So horror movies are notorious just for having these really steep drops just because, I mean, nobody really wants to see the same scares two weekends in a row just because they're not nearly as effective. Um, So horror movies really struggle with keeping momentum. So for it to to have a 55% drop is actually pretty good, um, pretty solid. And I, I think it's just a testament to how big Stephen King is, how big the first movie is, and just, you know, how pleasant and enjoyable this sort of mini franchise has been the past two years yeah for sure i think this is a pretty pretty good drop for this film 55 percent in its second weekend i think they're going to be really happy with that and i mean they released it at a good time right september's not a really busy busy time i mean hustlers this weekend really did prove to be um a kind of a force at the box office it did really well um which is good um and then Ad Astra uh, coming out uh, next weekend will probably, I mean, that's kind of a wild card for me. I don't know how much of a draw that film will have. Um, space movies are kind of spotty. You never really know how they're going to do. I mean, Brad Pitt obviously has a lot of star power, but you just, you never know. So we'll see with that movie when it comes out. But uh, it chapter two, it's a really solid second week. And I, I think that they'll be really happy with this and worldwide now, well over 300 million. They're making their money. Yeah, and I mean, Nick and I talked about it last week. I don't think this is going to reach the same heights that It Chapter 1 did. Um, It Chapter 1 crossed over 700,000 worldwide, uh, which was just absolutely phenomenal for a a horror movie, Um, even by Stephen King standards. It was just huge. Um, But it has been a pretty big success so far. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's making superhero level money at this point. Uh, nobody's going to be super upset with it. It's, it's a moneymaker. For sure. Um, so that kind of wraps up everything on its performance, um, Hustlers, uh, which we will dive into a little bit more in depth later on, but has just been an astronomical success uh, by all expectations at this point. Uh, it opened up at 33.23 million domestically which is, I mean, that's insane. So it's, it's, its production budget is estimated around 20 million. It's sitting at about 37 and a, a little over 37 and a half million worldwide after its opening weekend. So Hustlers has definitely become one of the more underrated hits for this year and especially as we get into uh, this fall. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, Jennifer Lopez has a lot of star power, but I mean, the concept of this film... Uh and the story was based off of as well as kind of just the rave reviews out of tiff i think that's what propelled this movie because you look back earlier at the film's second act starring jennifer lopez and that movie didn't really go too far i mean it had decent legs but it didn't really open up that strong this movie is different it has great reviews um great kind of steam out of tiff and people want to see this thing 
And $33 million first weekend is huge. It'll, it's going to kind of expand in most of its foreign markets in about two to three weeks' time. This movie's going to turn a great profit and uh, be, be a pretty big success. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, a win. And, and uh, coming out of a summer where we didn't have many wins like this, it's honestly kind of refreshing just to see something making money. <laughs> no, for sure. And uh, STX Entertainment, they definitely need that. It hasn't been the greatest year for them with films like Palms, The Best of Enemies, Ugly Dolls, um, even, even even Second Act. Like These films haven't uh, been, been too great for them. The upside was huge, but uh, um, Hostlers looks like it's going to be their kind of big, big movie this year. Yeah, it's definitely a good victory for them. Um, so we'll move on to Angel Has Fallen, um, you know, again, with 4.4 million. Uh, this is an action franchise that is just pulling in a, a modest profit. Um, not really much else to say about it. Yeah, no, for and sure. It, I think that it's the mix of just not much is out right now, and it, it's it's going to be really playing off that. Yeah, and I think Good Boys in the number four spot is really kind of along those lines where there's not really any competition so there's not really uh, much of a fight to put up at the box office. So it's a good time for movies to just kind of hang on. And then the top five is rounded out by The Lion King, uh, which is sitting at over $1.6 worldwide and had only a 17.8% drop this past weekend, which is just phenomenal. Um, as far as numbers-wise goes, Like this movie has been obviously one of the year's biggest hits, but it is also one of the biggest surprises and it just does not quit. Like it is, it is going. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This movie is just, just continuing. I mean, it's, it's probably going to kind of drop off big time in the next couple of weeks. Um, just with kind of, we're, we're, we're getting away from the summer box office movie season. You're going to have abominable come out this month, which I don't know how that's going to do uh, money wise, but that's an animated movie. They're going to throw in there kind of a family friendly movie on um, the Adams family in October. So, I mean, this movie isn't going to stick around for, for too much longer, but it has definitely made the most of its uh, nine weeks at the box office so far. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's, it is a giant, it is, <laughs> it's doing stuff for sure. Um, so we will uh, round back to Hustlers, which I think is is one of the best marketed um, in a short window movies we've seen this year. So I don't really remember seeing anything as far as promotional uh, trailers or, or hype for this until about a month and a half, two months ago. And it leaned like really heavily into this whole uh, strippers uh, conning and and uh making money off their their higher profile sleazy clientele and they really pumped out that cardi b and liza were in it as well as i mean jlo's headlining it and so it it has a lot going for it cast wise um i wasn't really wowed by the trailers and i am happy to say that i was wrong for the most part um i, de I definitely have problems with this movie and i don't know if it deserves as much of the the positive praise as it gets but it was far better than it really deserved to be or had any right to be and was just a really solid effort yeah i mean this is a movie that as you said i didn't really it wasn't really on my radar and it wasn't really kind of 
being marketed that heavily until even for me, I, I don't think I really picked up on this film's release until August or so. I don't remember seeing many trailers at all, but they definitely did a great job with kind of short window marketing. And I think probably TIFF really boosted that. Now, I haven't quite seen the film yet. I'm checking it out on Tuesday, so I'll be checking it out very soon. Um, but but this is the type of movie that you, you really don't know if it's going to be great until you see some of the reviews come out. And um, you can kind of tell that this movie took its, its premise in a different direction and did something with it based off those reviews. So I'm definitely excited to check that out on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, they, they did a great job kind of short, short window marketing this film and, uh, coming out with a $33 million domestic opening weekend, uh, first opening weekend. That that's pretty big for a film that is, uh, even rated R as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of this movie really came together in the edit. Um, and, and with reshoots, there are definitely parts of it that just feel a little off. Like Julia Stiles is in this movie and has a like she drives a good chunk of the story forward. Um, but like she wasn't in any of the promotional material. Um, I had no idea she was in it until she just pops up on screen, like 30 minutes into the runtime. Um, but it definitely feels like she was kind of added on much later. Uh, just the way they frame her as a reporter kind of diving into the story. Uh, but was, uh, really, really well done in that sense. And then also with Cardi B and Lizo, um, they don't have just a huge role despite, kind of being the the main feature of the trailers um but they they do do some stuff and i mean uh whether you like them as people or music um they do keep the movie interesting so uh props to them for sure and uh yeah it's just hustlers has been just again like you said really strong box office performance i don't think anybody really expected this level of an opening weekend um from this at all no, and I mean, even the buzz out of TIFF uh, is that a lot of the articles kind of coming out of TIFF are saying that Jennifer Lopez is kind of the early Oscar favorite. She might have some Oscar buzz for this movie. Um, now, I, I still have yet to see it, so I'm not going to kind of judge that until I do see it. Um, but I'm just kind of stating what, uh, what what's kind of being said by some of the critics. Now, it is really early, and a lot of movies that do get that sort of buzz don't always tend to hang on. But um, it is early in the in the campaign. It's early in kind of award season. I mean, it's September. The festivals kind of just uh, started wrapping up with Venice and TIFF and all that. Um, but this is this is good news for this film. And I think that if it if it does have legs and people will keep coming out to see this thing or good word of mouth spreads from this big first opening weekend, then this movie could have some decent legs and buzz heading into the next few months. Yeah, and I think the biggest challenge with this movie is going to be it's not marketed really as what it actually is. So it's marketed as kind of this crime thriller, um, which it, it definitely does have uh, really strong elements in that vein. But it's a it's a really a much more kind of down to earth mother daughter story between uh, J Lo and Constance Wu, and it like you don't really get to see a lot of that in the trailers. I didn't really have any idea that was going to be the nature of the movie, uh, but that's really where it shines in my opinion is just how they handle that and handle just the uh, the life that they live and living in New York and, and working this uh, degrading job while, you know, stocks are going up and then the market crashes and you just get to explore a lot of really interesting themes and avenues of, of New York in that sense. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely recommended. Um, at the beginning of this week, if you had asked me what movie I was seeing this weekend, I would have said The Goldfinch because Hustlers look terrible. Um, but having seen the reviews and then walked out of Hustlers, I am now glad I flip-flopped on that. 
Um, and it's it's definitely one to uh, check out. I really don't know how it would fare in award season. And I mean, like you said, we are kind of at the beginning of that. So it's a little bit premature to, you know, trying to be peg, pegging things with, with Best Picture. Unless, of course, you're uh, Disney trying to get Endgame that nomination. Um, <laughs> but it's it's definitely one to watch as we go forward. And so we will talk about the uh, complete opposite of Hustlers in terms of critical and commercial success this weekend. And that is (laughs) The Goldfinch, which I think was just really poorly marketed, um, which I think we're seeing the result of that. So it's got a $45 million budget opening weekend. It's pulled in a grand total of $3.625 million worldwide, (laughs) uh, which is about as floppy as you can get at this point <laughs> and it's just I, I think it was terribly marketed i really don't know what this movie is about from the trailers um you know there's a lot of art heist elements to it but it's also uh drama about a, a boy who lost his mother and i i don't really know what this movie is about having seen the marketing materials and i think most audiences kind of saw that as well and we're like well what is this why would i want to go see this and just when the reviews hit um this has been absolutely panned by critics and so i think that's a huge part of it it's failure as well yeah you know what so this um film is based off the book uh the same name gold the goldfinch which came out in 2013 it was um a bestseller and it won the uh, pulitzer prize so that's kind of for fiction that's kind of the top award you can really get in the uh um, book kind of industry and novel industry. So, I mean, you have to make a movie based based off a book that is kind of regarded that highly, but um, I think that they just didn't make a good movie. I mean, I, I'm not going to... I mean, I still might check it out, I mean, but it's really kind of disheartening uh, with all those reviews, and uh, maybe they knew that it wasn't going to um, do that great. Maybe they wanted to just kind of rush it out days after its TIFF premiere. I thought that was kind of odd um, because you kind of look at Hustlers and the Goldfinch, you can kind of have, see parallels there. Like uh, Hustlers comes out at a TIFF and it's literally having its uh, opening weekend four days later. Um, maybe the reason for that is do you want to capitalize on the great buzz right away. The Goldfinch um, premieres at a TIFF literally three or four, maybe five days later, it's out in theaters. Maybe they just knew it wasn't going to do that great. They kind of just want to do... Uh, get it over with before people completely forgot about it a month or two from now. Um, now, overseas in Europe, this movie might do... Uh, it's not going to do a ton, but it still has a lot of markets yet to open up in in the coming weeks, so we'll kind of see how it does there. But domestically, this is a huge flop, and uh, they'll be lucky um, worldwide if they are to break even with that $45 million. I think that they might have a chance at that, depending on how things go in Europe. Um, but this is a this is a pretty rough opening weekend for the goldfinch yeah it's it's really disappointing i mean looking at how big this budget is compared to how much it's earning and with nothing but negative reception so far i don't really see it having any kind of rebound um i think this is going to be a loss for warner brothers which i mean they can sort of handle it i mean they had aquaman last year so they're not hurting for anything um but yeah, the Goldfinch is just kind of disappointed across the board, which, you know, even though I didn't really know what to peg it as, I was still interested in it. Um, I mean, it's cinematographer is Roger Deakins, which he is kind of the greatest of all time when it comes to framing an image. 
And so I was really just captivated by kind of the visual sense that you see in the trailer. And from what all the reviews I've seen, it's yeah, that, that visual sense is just beautiful. Um, but what's actually there under the surface is just a complete flat mess. Yeah, and it, it's rough, but I mean, as you said, Warner Bros. They're they're having a good year. Um, it Chapter Two is going to kind of help them out a little bit, and they're going to continue to make money from that. Uh, Joker's going to help them out big time. Um, so I, I don't think they'll they'll hurt too much, but this isn't it, it isn't good for them. But it's kind of just a misfire on all on all regards, and uh, it, it sucks to even talk about that because I, I really like the cast in this film, and I thought it had pretty good potential. Um, so it, it is. Um, kind of upsetting to hear to hear this but uh, that's that's the goldfinch yeah um it is just kind of a sad day for ansel elgort fans and <laughs> and fans of uh the goldfinch the book but that's where we're at um and it yeah i think this is definitely going to go down as one of our bigger flops this year um and i mean we've we've actually had a decent batch of flops if you look at, you know, a lot of the blockbusters this summer with Dark Phoenix and Men in Black International, and I'm sure as we get into more of the artsy award season movies, we'll we'll probably see some more. But this is, is probably going to be one of the worst we see this year. Yeah, I think I would probably agree there. Yeah, so that is the box office for this weekend. Um, but this weekend was also the host of the Toronto International Film Festival, uh, which I know you had a little bit of a chance to attend. So uh, we'll just talk about that a little bit. I know I've heard lots of good things about the movies I wanted to hear good things about, and so I'm pretty pleased with what's come out of it so far. Yeah, it was a great experience. I only got to spend one day there, which was yesterday. So, I mean, just kind of scheduling-wise, I wasn't able to kind of be there for as, as long as I would have wanted, so I just kind of got to squeeze in a Saturday downtown Toronto, and it, it was it was great. Um, I got to check out um uncut gems the safety brothers um newest movie starring adam sandler it's kind of a crime uh thriller drama with a little bit of comedy pinched throughout and it's a it's a it's a fantastic film and i'm I'm definitely excited to see it again when it hits theaters in december um a24 they just they're just making great movie after great movie and this is no exception i mean if you thought good time was was a good film because uh, i know that that movie has kind of built up a pretty good fan base since it came out a couple of years ago, starring Robert Pattinson. I like this movie a lot more. I think the Safdie brothers um, were able to not only learn from what they did in good time, right. Um, but expand on it and kind of polish it up a little bit. And they made a really good film here. And it's always great to see Adam Sandler kind of actually a attempt um, a performance. I mean, usually he's kind of just portraying himself. And I mean, He's kind of the guy that you, you kind of like his movie. He doesn't make great movies, but he's kind of the guy that you just like, yeah, whatever. It's Adam Sandler. People don't really hate him. Or if you do hate him, you kind of love to, to hate him. I mean, he's he's kind of that type of guy. I mean, he's, he's got some of those comedies that we grew up with that are not great movies, but we like them because we grew up with them um, way back in the day. He's got a bunch of misfires kind of this last decade. But I love seeing him kind of step out and and actually make an attempt at really portraying someone other than Adam Sandler. <laughs> and he does a, uh, he does a great job in this movie. And I, I just, I can't picture anyone else playing the role of uh, the role that he had in this film. So I definitely recommend uncut gems. I also saw a uh, Russian film, um, Beanpole. It, it premiered at uh, the Cannes film festival um, several months ago. And that was a pretty good film as well. Um, not as highly praised for me on that end, but uh 
definitely a good time at TIFF, and um, I would definitely recommend checking it out in, in the coming years if anyone wants to check it out, because it is a wonderful festival, and the the caliber films that are there are just always great, and they're really good at kind of predicting um, who's going to win, not win Best Picture, but who's kind of going to make a big play in award season, because TIFF is it's a pretty prestigious um, festival, and there's a, there's a lot of great stuff there. Yeah, and I mean, this is the second or third festival that I've heard nothing but praise for Parasite. Um, so that's <laughs> definitely one to keep watching uh, as it slowly opens up in the U.S. Um, I'm not sure exactly when its wide releases. I know it's premiered a little bit at some festivals, but uh, definitely one to watch as that South Korean movie makes its uh, makes a little bit of a wider debut. Um, I know Jojo Rabbit is one that we've all talked about on this podcast, and I believe on uh, Babel with Brennan as well, which is uh, Taika Waititi's next movie, his anti-hate satire. And I heard uh, pretty much nothing but positivity for that. He won the People's Choice Award, which is uh, pretty prestigious. And um, I'm sure there's other stuff. Um, I mean, there are tons of films that, that debuted and that, we're seen, but those are some of the highlights. And yeah, Uncut Gems is definitely one that I know Nick and I have been keeping an eye on. And it's just nice to see Adam Sandler do not grown ups and not Jack and Jill and just do a little bit different stuff. For sure. Um, and kind of going back to that people's choice, I think that's definitely something that we should definitely kind of talk about here. So yeah, Taika Watiti's Jojo Rabbit won the People's Choice Award, which was kind of a uh, kind of a surprise win in my opinion um the movie definitely had a lot of great reception but it also had a couple mixed reviews from critics um the movie wasn't kind of universally acclaimed but the neat thing about the toronto international film festival is that the the highest award the people's choice award is voted by the people that attend the festival um critics fans anyone who's there can vote it doesn't really have like a jury or like a set festival um group of people who watch each movie and kind of pick their own favorite, um, like some of the other major festivals. So it's kind of interesting in that regard. Um, so I was pretty surprised today when that kind of came out and won. But I think that will will keep a lot of people's eyes and ears on this movie for the next little while. I think that really boosts this movie's um, credibility and also just prestige as it gets its release in October. Um, the runners-up for the People's Choice, uh, the first runner-up was Noah Baumbach's Marriage Story, and the second runner-up was... Uh, parasite so yeah as we're saying i mean these movies are making some big plays um and also i think one that you're super excited for knives out huge huge yeah. praise that are tiff i mean the, the, the praise that are tiff that i was hearing for that I, I was thinking that would win people's choice award um i actually thought that had a good shot at it just from what i heard that night and all the tweets that were coming out from everyone that attended that screening and i'm just i'm just so pumped for that movie i want it now um so yeah T tiff was good i mean i think that a lot of the films that people were really looking forward to um, were got, got a lot of praise, and there weren't many movies that ended up being duds. And even though Jojo Rabbit wasn't, as I said, universally kind of praised across the board, it still won the People's Choice Award. And I think that is saying something, and I think that will kind of give it a lot of legs kind of moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an exciting time of the year where we have stuff like TIFF and with Venice last week, and we're just starting to get buzz about all these great movies that we won't be able to see for two or three more months. Um, but it's just a good time to get excited about movies. And, uh, you know, I, I really am optimistic about 
this award season and this uh, fall and winter season just because we had such a disappointing summer. But we have a lot of these smaller, just really interesting, really kind of bold premise films coming out. I mean, we talked, we've got Ad Astra coming out here in uh, the next two weeks. Uh, and then we've got Jojo Rabbit and Knives Out and, and Parasite and Uncut Gems and, and so much other stuff. And I'm just excited to uh, uh, pick up the pace a little bit in terms of movies that are good. <laughs> yeah, I agree for sure. And Ad Astra is another one that got kind of great festival praise as well. And that's a movie that is coming out soon and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think that this year in general is just looking so much better than last year already. And I think there's going to be so much more um, of a variety of, of really good prestigious films. Um, so, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to kind of the next few months and, and TIFF was a great indicator of, of what's to come and what's to come is looking good. Um, a lot of these bigger movies that are getting great buzz are as well are Netflix films, marriage story being a Netflix film. And I think that's, that's huge. I think that they're really making a play this year. I mean, Roma last year, Ballad of Buster Scruggs last year. Those are big awards plays, Roma especially. Um, but this year, it looks like they're going to have several kind of top flight contenders, um, not just kind of one Roma that that is kind of their big, big juggernaut. Uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs did get a couple nominations as well at the Academy Awards. That's a big awards film. Don't want to downplay that. But Roma was just the juggernaut last year, whereas this year it looks like they might have a few different juggernauts. I mean, Marriage Story, Irishman, those are kind of two um, on their own there. But Netflix is really coming out strong this year. Yeah, and I mean, they've got The Irishman coming up, um, which is pegged to be kind of their, I I think, their most aggressive um, awards push, just because this is such a large scale and it's something that, you know, was turned down by most of the major studios because Scorsese just wanted uh, just an astronomical sum of money for a crime movie like this. Um, a budget of $159 million, uh, was was one of the earlier estimates I saw. Um, and so their Netflix is definitely getting much more aggressive, which, you know, I think with Disney Plus and all these other, uh, with literally everybody uh, putting out their own streaming service, I think they really have to. Um, so there's definitely going to be a lot of contention between them and just the, the traditional movie studios. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out when we do get to the the nominations. And, you know, could this be a year where we have, you know, two uh, streaming based movies or what, you know, what if even half the ballot is streaming based movies and, and what does that look like going forward? And, and so it's interesting stuff industry wise to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be going to be an interesting year. And and really, I, uh, I I like this because it's it's really exciting. I mean, last year was a year where there was a lot of there was not only a lot of anger um, around award season, which there always will be. It's kind of hard to avoid that. Um, but but in addition to that, I don't think there was that much in terms of just really great movies last year that were contending. And I think this year it's just it's going to be beefed up a lot. And um. I'm really looking forward to uh, the fall, and it's it's going to be great. Yeah, and uh, one other movie that I want to kind of call attention to uh, coming out of TIFF is also Honey Boy, which is a Shia LaBeouf-led uh, movie uh, that is based on basically a fictionalized version of his life and his childhood and working with his you know, being a star on Even Stevens and, and having a dad who's kind of manipulative in that sense. Um, and I've heard just praise from it coming out of Sundance early this year and 
praise for it coming out of literally every other screening it's had. And so this is another one that I'm definitely excited for. Yeah, Honey Boy is one that I've been really looking forward to for a while. I mean, this is like Shia LaBeouf literally wrote this film um, while kind of uh, in therapy. Um, he was he was uh, in rehab and he, he was writing this movie to kind of help himself through that. And I think that's just that's just kind of cool in and of itself. I mean, that he wrote this movie about his his um, kind of own life and he literally gets to play um, the fictionalized loose space version of his father. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting watch and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one as well. That's definitely really high on my list um, for kind of most anticipated films of the fall movie season and Shia LaBeouf. It looks like he's having a pretty good overall year. I haven't quite seen the peanut butter Falcon yet, but he got great praise for his role there. I'm, I'm pretty sure you saw that film, but it's looking like he's going to have a few movies this year where he really um, kind of gives it his all and uh, maybe is, is kind of a dark horse at the, uh, some of the award shows. Yeah, and I feel like Shia LaBeouf fits in somewhat of the same box as you know, we've talked about Robert Pattinson a lot, 100%. and even Kristen Stewart, where like, oh well, they were in these cringy movies from the the late two thousands, early twenty tens. Um, like, we really shouldn't take them seriously. Um, but you know, you look at uh, especially you know, go up with something this year. You have High Life with uh, Robert Pattinson, and you have um, Charlie's Angels, which will probably be. Kristen Stewart's biggest non-Twilight thing in terms of, uh, you know, marketing and awareness and all that. And so uh, I think Shia LaBeouf definitely fits in that where, yeah, he did, you know, go off the deep end for a little while. Uh, he wore the paper bag to, I believe it was the Academy Awards. Um, but he's he's really seemed to start coming out of it on top. And I think Peanut Butter Falcon was a great um, example of that. And from what I've heard of Honey Boy, I think Honey Boy is just going to kind of reiterate that, you know, not only is Shia LaBeouf a talented uh, creative entity, but like he makes good movies and he does interesting things that other people are doing. 100%. I'm really looking forward to these films. And it's always great to kind of see someone kind of get their life together and, and come out on top, as you said. And I, I would 100% put him kind of in that same category as guys like Robert Pattinson, um, Kristen Seward. I mean, I think that he definitely fits in with their kind of vein of how they came to be uh, in, in the industry. I mean, huge franchises that were frowned upon by critics and, and you, you kind of either love them or hate them. Um, Transformers, Twilight. Uh, but they, they really kind of stepped back from that. They've done a lot of indie films over the years. Um, they've kind of built up their, their prestige. They've really tried a lot of different things and they're all kind of coming out on top here. And it's kind of a cool full circle of, of a decade for, a lot of these uh, actors and actresses. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think we're just going to keep seeing more of them, hopefully, um, based on the success we've kind of seen from their work so far. I know I'm definitely excited for it. I think Nick is too. I, I'm going to say that based on our conversation just today, um, I think you are as well. And it's just, there's lots of cool stuff. It's an exciting time. For sure, 100%. So um, that kind of wraps up this weekend at the box office. Again, this was the opening weekend for Hustlers and the Goldfinch. Uh, one of those movies we'll probably be talking about for a little while longer. The other one of those movies I'm going to say we will not be talking about for uh, much longer. Um, but honestly, this might be the last time we have to talk about The Lion King 2. Um, we're, we're starting to get into a little bit busier of releases. So we've got 
Next week, we've got Rambo Last Blood, which who knows how that's going to do. Down Mabby, which is kind of in a similar boat, um, depending on where you're at, at Astra and Brittany runs a marathon are expanding. And so it's uh, it's starting to get a little bit more crowded, uh, more to talk about, more to kind of dissect and have fun with. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, ne- next weekend is going to be real exciting and a lot of diverse options at the at the movies. So it's going to be going to be great for the fans and it'll be a, a pretty exciting box office next weekend. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Boovie Babble podcast. And join us again next week as we talk about the opening weekend for Downton Abbey and Rambo Last Blood. And as always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. Thank you.